Hello. Welcome to the Valley View Podcast, episode 94. My name's Tyler. I'm here with Matt. And uh, next week, you might hear a little hint about episode 94. We'll see if you pick up on it. Really? You know what I'm talking about, Matt? No, I don't. I'm talking about how this episode is being recorded the same day it's released. And last week, we recorded the episode that comes out next week. Um, But I got those a little mixed up. So... I, there's maybe a little hint that I messed it up when we're recording that I don't think Matt remembers, but I do. We'll see if you guys see it next week. That was a really good intro. Thanks, man. Dude, this is like the most excited I've been for a sponsor read ever. Yeah, we have a first today. We This is a real ad. We have an actual ad. We are actually sponsored this week. From an actual company. And it only took us about 100 episodes. 94 episodes. I wonder if that's pretty standard in the industry to not actually be sponsored by anybody until like you a hundred episodes in you know probably not not the episodes <laughs> i listen to are not like that they're sponsored from the beginning but so we should say we, we have received no compensation for making this uh using this ad or reading this ad but neither were we expecting any compensation so this is just pro bono we have we're just excited to have an actual company to talk about. Oh yeah. About. This is a long ad read too. I'm excited. <laughs> this week's Valley View podcast is sponsored by Watercolors by Mary, a company based in Eden Prairie for over 30 years. Watercolors by Mary sells a variety of prints. There is a collection of Lake Minnetonka historical watercolor prints that include old hotels from the late 1800s mm. and many scenes from the iconic Excelsior Amusement Park. That ran from 1926 to 1973. It was the Valley Fair of that era. Hmm. That sounds cool. I kind of oh, like yeah. those. I would love the Valley Fair of any era. <laughs> there. <laughs> what? <laughs> there are Minneapolis-based prints, uh, a rural collection, lighthouses, and charming porch scenes. But the specialty item of the business is your home in watercolor. So that's, listeners, that's your home painted in watercolor. Mary the artist paints a watercolor rendering of a current home, cabin, or family farm, or one that holds a mountain of memories. She has even done cars, boats, planes, and motorcycles. Pricing is moderate, and turnaround times are fast. Oh, yeah. These items are a unique gift for birthdays, anniversaries, housewarmings, and they make a fabulous realtor closing gift. Yeah, I bet they do. I bet they do. For sure. An 8x11 original watercolor of your home is matted and shrink-wrapped to 11 by 14 ready for a standard size frame. Pricing starts at $150. That is a deal. That's a steal. That is a steal. Art art costs like $5 million sometimes. Pricing starts at... But listen to this. Pricing starts at $150, but feel free to mention the Valley View podcast. And get a 20% discount. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy that this is real. Yeah, that's $30 off. So now you're at $120 for a water watercolor rendering of your home or family farm. Over 8,500 satisfied customers since 1976. That's the year before I was born. Hmm. Contact Mary at 952. This is a real phone number. 952-913-0035. That's 952-913-0035 or watercolorsbymary.com or yourhomeandwatercolor.com for more information or just to chat about a possible project. Preserve your memories with a watercolor by Mary. That was insane. 
like you know normally i'm like listening to the reads trying to think about how i can make fun of them and i found myself starting to slip into that but there was nothing to make fun of because it was actually just such a good ad read <laughs> i feel like if we're actually sponsored in the future by lots of people like over and over again yeah then the ad reads are gonna get like lame and just feel like normal ad reads yeah but this was like amazing this was like the best ad read we've ever had <laughs> so thank you mary way to go mary that was really well written you should not only do watercolors, you should consider going into like um, advertising. Right? Oh, yeah. I think I think she like was an English major or something or like taught English or something. I know she's very good at English. So that makes sense. And she's also a longtime friend of the show, a frequent commentator and listener. So thanks, Mary. Shout out, Mary. Yeah, definitely. Check out her website and uh, get a painting of your home. Are we doing um, book first or not book first? OK, we are going to go to memory quiz. And then we're going to get into an interesting theological issue that we, it's really a biblical text issue, kind of a theological issue from the end of Second Samuel. Yeah, yeah. no new book today. We're going to finish the discussion we had last week. Yeah. Um, also, we couldn't do a new book even if we wanted to because we recorded the First Kings podcast already. <laughs> but, you know. <laughs> I guess so. Still confused about everything that's happened. But I know that we're here now. And I know that I've got five questions for Tyler to test how good his memory is. He made a comment, Tyler, you made a comment earlier to me today that um, you feel like you've got a good memory. I like my memory. <laughs> Say it that way. Do you? Yeah. You like it? Yeah. Okay. Awesome. What do you like about it? Um, I feel like I have pretty good recall and it's usually pretty quick, which I, I don't know. It just is fun. Like I, cause I love like quizzing mm -hmm. and quizzing like lends itself to having quick recall mm. or the other way around. I'll, I'll vouch for Tyler. He has an outstanding memory. And I so, didn't say outstanding, but okay, we'll, thank we'll you. We'll just how outstanding in a moment. So I've got five questions to test Tyler's memory. They start off pretty easy, and then they get a little bit harder, I think. I also have five, and I don't know if they're easy or hard, because <laughs> I don't know if they're anything like the ones that you made. <laughs> I've, got a, uh, I've got a prize for you if you get four out of five correct. If you get at least four out of five, um, I've got a, a fun size, actually a mini size Snickers for you. Mm. It's been sitting in my office for about five months. Well, you're going to give it to me even if I don't get them. <laughs> but like, sure, yeah, I'll go for the price. All right, let's get started. Um, I'll go ahead and give you your entire quiz first and then you can hit me up, okay? Yeah, All right. Works. All right, five questions. Here's question one. Am I supposed to like buzz in? <laughs> no, you don't. And there's no competition. For okay, I'm probably going to buzz in anyway, so. <laughs> All right, Tyler, what town were you born in? Um, I don't actually know, but I don't know. If, so <laughs> I think you've never known, which is, well, it, it is I, it's true. I've never known which okay. I was either born in Blaine or Minneapolis, but I never, I don't know if I've ever actually differentiated. I will say Blaine, but we don't know if I'm right or not. Is it, My parents would know. Is the reason you don't know just because you're not sure where the hospital Should is located? I, yeah. I was born so you, at River, Riverview Health, I think. Okay, all right. Should I should I call my mom? I think you probably. I should. think I need to. She's well, gonna hate live this. on the show. I will. She's gonna hate me. <laughs> Do you think she's at work? Oh, she's definitely at work, okay. but she works in an office at a church, so she can take calls. Okay, I think we need Maybe, a speakerphone, right? I she'll actually hate me though if I do that. Well, I don't I think she already she already hates being mentioned, so you might as well go all the way. You might as well go for it. Uh, Hello. Hi, mom. I'm live on the podcast. I'm live on the podcast right now. What what city was I born in? You're born at Fairview, Riverside, and I want to say Minneapolis. Or Blaine. Not Blaine. Definitely Not Blaine. Not Blaine. Oh, okay. All right. So I got that one wrong. 
I didn't because I always I didn't know if it was Blaine or Minneapolis. I thought it was one of the two, but I think I guessed Blaine, so I failed. There's no uh, hospital in Blaine. Okay, say hi to the podcast. Hi, bye. Okay, bye. Thanks. Love you. Thanks, Mrs. Bye. M. Okay, that was a was that a guest appearance? Yeah, that was a guest appearance. She'll be in the description now. <laughs> okay, um, I don't think I'm gonna count that one against you. Really? Yeah, because I didn't have the name right either. Well, I said I've... fair. I said Riverview. But I feel like it wasn't a matter of recall. I feel like you just never knew for sure. So it's not like you forgot. You just never really knew. Is that okay. right? I mean, or do you think it should count against you? I think it should just, I think that question should just be stricken. And now I have to go three for four. All right, let's do it. All right. Question number two. What day is your dad's birthday? July 20th, 1964. All right. One for one. Nice. Nice work. I'm, okay. I'm actually pretty decent with my family's birthdays. All right, they're going to get tougher. Yeah. Those two were kind of softballs. Okay, so... Well, I didn't get the first one right. What did you have for lunch on Sunday? Um, Sunday, March 26th. I finished church. I was not preaching. Oh, I had Lian Chin. I, really? went, I went up to eat with a friend and I had Lian Chin. Beautiful. Okay, mm-hmm. good. All right, two for two. Uh. Are you two for two? Yeah, you're two for two. I'm two for two with an asterisk. Okay, with an asterisk. Okay, question four. Um, What color is the carpet in the Prairie Hill Sanctuary? Oh. I mean, I have a vibe, but I guess I am probably going to get this one wrong. Um, I mean, I think it's like tan. What is it? Uh, Actually, it's a very nondescript color. It is. It's it's quite neutral. I'm actually not sure. I meant to go check. <laughs> you never before checked? I asked you. We can. Meant... You want to take the podcast on the road? <laughs> ah, that might we'll, sound bad. Yeah, Let's not. We'll, we'll do it at the end. Before the end of the episode, we'll get back to the, the listeners with the correct answer. All right, here's question five. What month was the notorious Eden Prairie High School lockdown in 2022? What Oct- month did October. That... Yeah, correct. I know that because it was full retreat. Excellent. Excellent. Okay, so. So I would... Three for three, but we don't know about one, and one Correct. of them was eliminated. So you might have won the Snickers. Well, Maybe. Actually, I think you won either way, because you only had to go three for four. I guess. So even if you got the carpet color incorrect, you still... I feel like I should get the carpet point. I mean, I feel... No, no, no. I feel like I shouldn't get the Snickers, because the hospital one was weird. Okay. I might need you to take the Snickers anyway. Oh, uh, okay. Go ahead. <laughs> my, my mom just sent me a funny text. But mom, because I love you, and I've already mentioned you, I will not say what you texted me um <laughs> now it's your turn to test your memory okay like i said i don't know if these are easy or hard um first question who was your seventh grade science teacher oh it was i have no prize for you by the way it was uh miss nitsky miss nitsky okay. miss nitsky uh-huh good job yeah. one for one as Thank far you. as i know 1991 oh yeah uh next next question when you were in elementary school what did you want to be when you grew up? Ooh, uh, I think a baseball player. Yeah, mine, I, I wanted to be a football player. <laughs> Same thing, though. Wait. I made the first two questions easier. Yeah, okay. Okay, good. Thank you. So two for two. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay, now this question, I don't need an exact date, but you have to know, like, where and why. Like, All you right. have to know pretty specifically. Matt, when was the last time you rode a bike? Ooh. Uh, I think I'm going to miss this one. Um, 
I would say it was um, probably at my house and I was probably biking with one of the kids just for fun, like around the neighborhood. And I don't remember when that would have been. Yeah, I feel like I can't give that to you if you don't even know which kid. No, no, exactly. No, <laughs> I remember, but it, but it's easy for me because I don't own a bike. Oh, okay. So I know that the last time I used somebody else's bike was on the bike trip last summer. <laughs> okay. Um. So you're two yeah. for three. Okay. Um, number four. I just need one. Ooh. Name one of your great grandfather's names. Oh, okay. Um, Herbert Wesley. Grant. Wow. Like my dad's grandpa. That's awesome. Yeah. He was I, a uh, funeral director. I don't think I know any of my grandparents' names. That's why I did it. <laughs> okay. And finally, so you're three for four. Okay. Last question. What was the title of the first Valley View podcast episode? <laughs> um, was Are it, you a true fan? Is it called um, uh, <laughs> A Theology Book with Mountain Dew? Or a uh, Something like that. It was called something like that. Okay, two guy, two guys in a can of Mountain Dew. No, <laughs> you're you're uh, overcomplicating it. Okay, it was called Mountain Dew Theology. Ma- oh, okay. Well, that's pretty close. I know, I know. Okay. I'm I'm wavering on if I should give that to you or not. I feel like we got the same score. Basically, we had three that we got, one that was weird, and then one that we like kind of got, but we don't really know. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I think we landed about the same place. Good job with memory. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Good. We yeah. exchanged a fist bump. All right. Um, we have been wrestling with a tricky biblical text. So let's go back and remind our listeners what we're talking about here. Second Samuel, the very end of Second Samuel, talking about King David. Last chapter, Second Samuel, chapter 24. This is just flat out hard. Um, and... Uh, before we talk about the passage itself, I just wanted to ask Tyler a couple questions because I think it'll be helpful for our listeners to hear how you how you answer these questions. Um, we're talking about a text today that's hard. It's hard to understand, like what's going on and some difficult things about God and might involve some things regarding God's character and the role of God in you know, when we're sinning and all this kind of stuff. So, so we're, we'll talk about it in a minute. But when you run into a difficult text in the Bible, um, how do you, how do you handle it? What do you do? Um, I try to figure out what it means. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like a lot of times when I read something and I, it's difficult, it's because I just am not understanding it correctly. Mm-hmm. So typically when I like read a commentary, I look at it in Greek or something. I'm like, oh, okay. That's just not saying what I thought it was saying. Yeah. And now I understand it better. Okay. So what, what resources do you typically use when you're trying to figure out what a passage means? Well, I feel like the, <clears throat> the easiest or like most accessible one that a lot of times helps is I have a, a study Bible. So it's got like footnotes in the margins about the notes. verses. Yeah. Okay. But I mean, I, you know, because I have this job, I have a lot of commentaries, mm-hmm. um, which are like books about the books of the Bible if you've never heard of a commentary mm-hmm. and those are helpful. And then, yeah, now that I have a, a basic understanding of Greek, I, a lot of times will try to just look back at the, assuming it's new Testament, mm-hmm. I'll try to go back and just look at what it says in the original language. Yeah. Do you use any online resources that you uh, would recommend that people check out? <laughs> well, I don't know if I can recommend it, but typically when I have a question, I just Google the question <laughs> and see what comes up. <laughs> Or like okay. YouTube the term and see if there's a Bible project video on it. 
I don't know if I should recommend that, but that's what I do. <laughs> okay, well, that is the question that I asked. What do you do? Yeah. Um, here's the second question. Is it okay, in in your view, is it okay to look at a passage and in the end say, I don't know? <laughs> or... It's a really if, tricky question. Yeah, if we, if we do that, if we look at a passage and say, I don't know, are we saying that God hasn't communicated clearly? Uh, Is it, or are we just saying maybe I am having trouble understanding? Is it okay ever to walk away from a passage and just say, you know, I don't really know. I mean, I think it would be more, I think it would be more correct to say that sometimes God doesn't communicate in a way that we understand rather than to say that he's not communicating clearly. Mm. Because I think he's communicating what he's trying to communicate, mm -hmm. right? Like, I, I don't think that he just, like, messed up and made something too foggy, right. you know? Right. Um, as far as whether or not it's okay to read something and say, okay, well, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think that really depends on, like, why you're saying I don't know. Yeah. If you're saying, you know, I've looked into this and I understand the different views and I just don't know which one's right. Yeah. I think that's okay. Uh-huh. Yep. <laughs> I think it maybe isn't as helpful to read something and say, ah, eh, well, I didn't get that on the first read, so I just don't get it, and I never will. And if anybody asked me about it, I would just say, I don't know, I don't care. But I, I, I think that it's important to take like a... a I'm trying to think of the right word. Like, I think it's important to take a, um, a serious perspective. Uh -huh. to, to reading the bible uh -huh. both for your sake because i mean word of god right like it's useful for teaching rebuking correcting and training in righteousness yeah but then also like if you're talking to somebody who disagrees with you or like doesn't know god uh -huh. if, if they like if they are studying the bible better than you that isn't that isn't great like or maybe not better but if they're if their bible study is leading them to asking better questions and researching and like trying to understand God more than it's leading you to do that. I, I don't yeah. think that's good. Yeah. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah. Did I say that correctly. That makes sense. I think this has been my experience. Maybe it matches yours, but uh, I have over time grown in my understanding, you know, as I've just spent more time reading the Bible and that's listen, definitely listen true. To more, you know, listen to more teaching. And yeah. So I think it, I think it's okay to say, I don't know today, but I might know, tomorrow i might know later mm -hmm. you know I, I i could grow in my understanding because i can look back 20 years ago there's definitely stuff i would have read and had no idea that i feel like i've grown in my understanding of what that probably means or what yeah. it could mean yeah that, i mean and i think that's the key like you might not get to a point where you read something really weird and you say oh yeah 100 i know what this yeah. means and i zero percent would have done it before yeah but like if if i'm asked a question about the bible by a student a lot of times the question is one that I could have seen myself asking or maybe did ask when I was 15. Mm -hmm. And it's not like now I'm just like some genius that knows the answer, but I just have a lot more context. Yeah. So it's easier yeah. for me to place the question within my theology and say, oh, well, yeah. I, that's probably what's going on there. I don't know, but I think that's it. Yep. Yeah. And then, and then sometimes I look dumb later because I was wrong, yeah. but like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah, we, we can have a lot more relative confidence as we gain experience with the Bible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, let's get to Second Samuel twenty-four. Let me read the first. Um, let me read the first, just the first verse. Okay. Again, 
the anger of the Lord was kindled against Israel, and he incited David against them, saying, Go number Israel and Judah. Tyler, got any problems with that? Um, well, I guess not specifically with that. It's when we get to the rest of the story, and because they sinned, he sends a plague on them. <laughs> when he incited the sin, at least on a quick reading of that. Yeah. So we have... So let me read again. This is verse one, second Samuel 24. Again, the anger of the Lord was kindled against Israel. I guess that is passive. Was kindled against Israel. Mm -hmm. And he incited David against them. Active. Mm -hmm. He incited David against them saying, go number Israel and Judah. Okay. Now, interesting thing about this is that there's a parallel account of this in first Chronicles. Oh, (laughs) Glad you did your research this time. Yeah, I did my five minutes of show prep. How much do you think you actually did? Uh, probably like 13 minutes. Okay, good. I was worried that you like spent your whole day on this. <laughs> no. Uh, okay, there's a parallel account in First Chronicles 21. Okay, now listen to this verse. First Chronicles 21.1. Then Satan stood against Israel and incited David to number Israel. Hmm. And then it goes on to talk about the same same story so second samuel 24 the lord was his anger was kindled and he incited david against them first chronicles 21 satan stood against israel and incited david to number israel that's almost a problem in a different way (laughs) then what do we do with that right yeah like how do we yeah how are those both the word of god that are in like infallible yeah exactly so um as you can tell, like listeners, this is a really complicated issue. Um, this is a hard, a hard text, hard pair of texts. It's okay to just admit that and say, huh, there's some, there's some issues here. Mm-hmm. Like this is hard. It's going to require some thought to work out. How could this be? Can I, can I tell you my initial thought? Yeah. On sure. What it means? Yeah. I, I would, my initial thought is like, oh, maybe the author, it seems like the author of second Samuel is emphasizing that ultimately God is in charge of everything that happens mm-hmm. and chronicles is talking about in this case on underneath god like in ultimately in god's like revealed plan because it happened yeah but satan was the one who took this action right and that's where i think a lot of commentators go is they recognize like degrees of causality like right. primary causes secondary causes like god being the final ultimate cause and then there's more immediate causes and secondary causality like underneath that like satan's role right. and stuff like that so we're not we're not really not even going to get into that question um we're going to set that one as difficult as that is we're going to set that to the side and i think the real um the real meat on the bone here is would god ever incite someone to sin okay so david numbers the people so he does what god commands him to do go number the people david does that he sends out joab to number all the people and then after all that is done we read that david's heart struck him and he said to himself like i have sinned like i've really sinned against god by the way that i've acted Mm -hmm. and um a prophet comes to him a prophet named gad comes and says choose one of these three like punishments for israel Mm -hmm. Um, and david chooses the one of pestilence for three days and 
And so there's this disease and God's, you know, destroying people are dying. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the account ends with David offering a sacrifice, buying the threshing floor from the gentleman. I can't remember his name, yep. Yeah. but it, it's at the site of the temple where the temple is now in Jerusalem. David buys that threshing floor and offers sacrifice there to God. And that's what averts yeah. God's wrath. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's the account. Um, it's tricky because, you know, well, what is God's role in all this? Like, if we take it at face value, he incited David to do this. Mm-hmm. And David was just following a command. Yeah. And like, and how do we how do we understand that? Well, the tricky thing for me, like in even before I even noticed the weirdness of God inciting David, even just reading the story, I've always been like, why is it a sin that he was numbering the people in the first place? Like, yeah, we take censuses every 10 years. Like, I don't think everyone involved in census collection is sinning. Exactly. But I, but then I, I was taught that like, it was a sin because he was trying to like glory in his own strength. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't know. Is the angle that like God incited David to take a census, but then David sinned because he made it about his own strength. I think this is really, really interesting. Okay. The, the common response is that David, the uh, response of most commentators, interpreters, whatever, is that David's sin was that he uh, was proud. Mm-hmm. Like he was finding his strength in the power of his military might and not placing his confidence in God. Okay. That's the common explanation for like, how David sinned in all of this. Sure. Relying on his own strength, basically. Here's the really interesting thing. The interesting thing is that the text never says that David sinned. And God never says that David sinned. David, in his own heart, thinks that he has sinned. The text also never tells us why God is angry with Israel. So I think one of the most interesting things about this passage is what we are not told. Like, we're not told how David sinned or even explicitly that he sinned. Like, it it, it never comes out and says, like, David sinned because he was proud. Like, we're not even told. Like, Mm -hmm. people guess, like you were saying. The other thing we're never told is, like, why God was angry. Just said God's wrath was kindled against Israel. So all we know is how the situation played out. And so... For me, that means that the key to understanding here, what we're really supposed to take away, isn't so much to ask the questions like, what did David do wrong? Or why was God angry? But just to look at how the situation itself was resolved. And this leads us into what I think is the interpretive key, which is instead of asking questions about like, what was going on here with David? Like, what did he do wrong? Why was God angry? I think what we learn from the scriptures is that the question we should bring to it is where do we see Jesus in this old Testament passage? Because all scriptures should be read in light of Christ. Uh, Give me your reaction. I, I don't like that. Okay. Re- tell us, tell us <laughs> I don't what, like that at all. Tell us why. Well, because like, those aren't, those aren't the questions. Like, yeah, you're right. Like the, seeing how Jesus is in that is like very important. Uh-huh. And yeah, should, I guess, yeah, I'm willing to say it should be the first question. But yeah, if you're reading the but the Bible is also God's revelation to humanity. God is revealing Himself in that passage as someone who incited anger, okay, in Dave or incited David because uh-huh. he was angry at Israel. Okay, so I I don't think it's realistic to say oh we need to read this and not wonder 
what's going on with all of that. Okay, fair enough. Let me let me put this before you and then see what your reaction is. Okay. okay? In light of what you just said, what we have is God's wrath upon um, a people. Okay, and we have um, a mediator standing in the gap and taking guilt upon himself that actually is not properly his. He actually takes the guilt of the people upon himself because the text never says that David sinned. The text does say that God was angry with Israel, the people, and all of the punishments that are offered to David, all three of them, none of them are personal. They're all punishments on the people of Israel. And, and in the end, David, in fact, says, like after the pestilence has started, behold, I have sinned, I have done wickedly, but these sheep, what have they done? Please let your hand be against me and against my father's house. So he wants, he is wanting to take right. upon himself the wrath of God. Uh, yeah, you got me there. That, that, the that makes sense. That makes sense. Okay. And then he goes and offers the sacrifice that averts God's wrath. Yeah, and that so makes I, sense. So I look at that and I say, you know, there's Jesus Christ. Um, no, that that makes perfect sense. So, okay. so you're saying that it doesn't really matter why God was angry at Israel. It's yes. always okay be, for God to be mad at sin. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. And so even though we're not satisfied maybe with not knowing like why God was angry or like how David sinned, and I, I don't think those are the key issues in the passage is well, what I'm saying. I guess the difficult, the, well, I have two difficult questions in 30 seconds. Um, <laughs> number one, why, why then does God send the prophet to give him a bunch of punishment options? Um, because I think the oh, because the punishments for the people, the not for him, right, right? That that makes sense, and that's the view that most people. That's the my the point that I made that most people would probably take exception with is like, you know, you seem to be saying that David didn't actually sin, and what I'm saying is, yeah, maybe so. Yeah, well, yeah, because he's not being punished. Because <laughs> he's not being punished. He's exactly. not being punished until he says, "Put it on me instead." Yeah, no, that makes sense. And they, but yeah, then the other question is, why does if if that's the whole point, then what? Why is it Satan in Chronicles? I don't know. Oh, I, I mean, I feel like I text critically know, but I don't infallible word of God know. <laughs> yeah, I, that one, um, I don't know. I think, you know, if my training, if I can remember my training in First Chronicles well enough, First Chronicles is very pro-David. Like mm -hmm. Chronicles, I, I think, almost protects David's mm -hmm. image in a way that like the king's uh, books and the Samuel books do not. Well, and First Chronicles was written later. Yeah. So from from a text critical perspective. Yeah. Um, you usually clear up your readings and remove the difficult things. Exactly. Exactly. So that that creates a whole nother batch of problems. Well, but you can, like, but you can, but you can still read that in the in the lens of Christ though, because like, I mean, it was also because of Satan that Jesus died. Yeah. Like Satan incited the people, Perfect. even though God gave His Son. I think that's a fantastic explanation. Is that there's this dual like this dual thing going on even at the crucifixion where yeah god foreordained this to happen and yet the immediate cause was satan yeah right all right so. i have a meeting right now we have to leave and we're over time anyway goodbye everyone watercolors by mary have a good day